Chapter 38 of Folk Stories from Southern Nigeria, West Africa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by 0719. Folk Stories from Southern Nigeria, West Africa by Elphingstone Dayrell. The Story of the Drummer and the Alligators There was once a woman named Afyong Annie who lived at Nsidung, a small town to the south of Calabar. She was married to a chief of Hensham town called Etim Ekeng. They had lived together for several years but had no children. The chief was very anxious to have a child during his lifetime and made sacrifices to his juju, but they had no effect. So he went to a witch man, who told him that the reason he had no children was that he was too rich. The chief then asked the witch man how he should spend his money in order to get a child, and he was told to make friends with everybody and give big feasts so that he should get rid of some of his money and become poorer. The chief then went home and told his wife. The next day his wife called all her company together and gave them a big dinner, which cost a lot of money. Much food was consumed and large quantities of tombo were drunk. Then the chief entertained his company, which cost a lot more money. He also wasted a lot of money in the Egbo house. When half of his property was wasted, his wife told him that she had conceived. The chief, being very glad, called the big play for the next day. In those days, all the rich chiefs of the country belonged to the alligator company and used to meet in the water. The reason they belonged to the company was, first of all, to protect their canoes when they went trading and secondly, to destroy the canoes and property of the people who did not belong to their company, and to take their money and kill their slaves. Chief Etima Keng was a kind man and would not join the society, although he was repeatedly urged to do so. After a time, a son was born to the chief, and he called him Adet Etim. The chief then called the Egbo Society together, and all the doors of the houses in the town were shut, the markets were stopped, and the women were not allowed to go outside their houses while the Egbo was playing. This was kept up for several days, and cost the chief a lot of money. Then he made up his mind that he would divide his property and give his son half when he became old enough. Unfortunately, after three months, the chief died, leaving his sorrowing wife to look after their little child. The wife then went into mourning for seven years for her husband, and after that time she became entitled to all his property as the late chief had no brothers. She looked after the little boy very carefully until he grew up, when he became a very fine, healthy young man and was much admired by all the pretty girls of the town. But his mother warned him strongly not to go with them because they would make him become a bad man. Whenever the girls had a play, they used to invite Editor Tim, and at last he went to the play 
and they made him beat the drum for them to dance to. After much practice, he became the best drummer in the town, and whenever the girls had a play, they always called him to drum for them. Plenty of the young girls left their husbands and went to Odette and asked him to marry them. This made all the young men of the town very jealous, and when they met together at night, they considered what would be the best way to kill him. At last, they decided that when Edit went to bathe, they would induce the alligators to take him. So one night, when he was washing, one alligator seized him by the foot, and others came and seized him round the waist. He fought very hard, but at last, they dragged him into the deep water and took him to their home. When his mother heard this, she determined to do her best to recover her son, so she kept quite quiet until the morning. When the young men saw that Edette's mother remained quiet and did not cry, they thought of the story of the hawk and the owl and determined to keep Edith alive for a few months. At Cockrow, the mother raised a cry and went to the grave of her dead husband in order to consult his spirit as to what she had better do to recover her lost son. After a time, she went down to the beach with small young green branches in her hands, with which she beat the water and called upon all the jujus of the Calabar River to help her recover her son. She then went home and got a load of rods and took them to a juju man in the farm. His name was Ininan Okon. He was so called because he was very artful and had plenty of strong jujus. When the young boys heard that Edette's mother had gone to Ininan Okon, they all trembled with fear and wanted to return Edette. But they could not do so as it was against the rules of their society. The juju man, having discovered that Edette was still alive and was being detained in the alligators' house, told the mother to be patient. After three days, Ininan himself joined another alligators' society and went to inspect the young alligators' house. He found a young man whom he knew left on guard when all the alligators had gone to feed at the ebb of the tide and came back and told the mother to wait as he would make a juju which would cause them all to depart in seven days and leave no one in the house. He made his juju and the young alligator said that as no one had come for Adet, they would all go at the ebb tide to feed and leave no one in charge of the house. When they returned, they found Edette still there, and everything as they had left it, as Ininan had not gone that day. Three days afterwards, they all went away again, and this time went a long way off and did not return quickly. When Ininan saw that the tide was going down, he changed himself into an alligator and swam to the young alligator's home, where he found Edette chained to a post. He then found an axe and cut the post, releasing the boy. But Adet, having been in the water so long, was deaf and dumb. He found several loincloths which had been left behind by the young alligators, so he gathered them together and took them away to show to the king, and then in and left the place, taking Adet with him. 
He then called the mother to see her son, but when she came the boy could only look at her and could not speak. The mother embraced her boy, but he took no notice, as he did not seem capable of understanding anything, but sat down quietly. Then the juju man told Odette's mother that he would cure her son in a few days, so he made several jujus and gave her son medicine, and after a time the boy recovered his speech and became sensible again. Then Adette's mother put on a mourning cloth and pretended that her son was dead and did not tell the people he had come back to her. When the young alligators returned, they found that Adette was gone and that someone had taken their loincloths. They were therefore much afraid and made inquiries if Adette had been seen, but they could hear nothing about him as he was hidden in a farm and the mother continued to wear her mourning cloth in order to deceive them. Nothing happened for six months and they had quite forgotten all about the matter. Afiong, the mother, then went to the chiefs of the town and asked them to hold a large meeting of all the people, both young and old, at the Palaver house, so that her late husband's property might be divided up in accordance with the native custom, as her son had been killed by the alligators. The next day the chiefs called all the people together, but the mother in the early morning took her son to a small room at the back of the Palaver house and left him there with the seven loincloths which the juju man had taken from the alligators' home. When the chiefs and all the people were seated, Afiong stood up and addressed them, saying, Chiefs and young men of my town, Eight years ago, my husband was a fine young man. He married me and we lived together for many years without having any children. At last, I had a son, but my husband died a few months afterwards. I brought my boy up carefully, but as he was a good drummer and dancer, the young men were jealous and had him caught by the alligators. Is there anyone present who can tell me what my son would have become if he had lived? She then asked them what they thought of the alligator society, which had killed so many young men. The chiefs, who had lost a lot of slaves, told her that if she could produce evidence against any member of the society, they would destroy it at once. She then called upon a nenon to appear with her son Edit. He came out from the room, leading Edit by the hand, and placed a bundle of loincloths before the chiefs. The young men were very much surprised when they saw Radette and wanted to leave the Palaver house, but when they stood up to go, the chiefs told them to sit down at once, or they would receive three hundred lashes. They then sat down, and the juju man explained how he had gone to the alligators' home and had brought Adette back to his mother. He also said that he had found the seven loincloths in the house, but he did not wish to say anything about them, as the owners of some of the cloths were sons of the chiefs. The chiefs, who were anxious to stop the bad society, told him, however, to speak at once and tell them everything. He then undid the bundle and took the cloths out one by one, at the same time calling upon the owners to come and take them. When they came to take their cloths, they were told to remain where they were, and they were then told to name their company. The seven young men then gave the names of all the members of their society, thirty-two in all. 
These men were all placed in a line, and the chiefs then passed sentence, which was that they should all be killed the next morning on the beach. So they were then all tied together to posts, and seven men were placed as a guard over them. They made fires and beat drums all the night. Early in the morning, about 4am, the big wooden drum was placed on the roof of the Palaver house and beaten to celebrate the death of the evildoers, which was the custom in those days. The boys were then unfastened from the posts and had their hands tied behind their backs and were marched down to the beach. When they arrived there, the head chief stood up and addressed the people. This is a small town of which I am chief, and I am determined to stop this bad custom, as so many men have been killed. He then told a man who had a sharp matchet to cut off one man's head. He then told another man who had a sharp knife to skin another young man alive. A third man who had a heavy stick was ordered to beat another to death. And so the chief went on and killed all the 32 young men in the most horrible ways he could think of. Some of them were tied to posts in the river and left there until the tide came up and drowned them. Others were flogged to death. After they had all been killed, for many years no one was killed by alligators. But some little time afterwards on the road between the beach and the old town, the land fell in making a very large and deep hole, which was said to be the home of the alligators, and the people have ever since tried to fill it up, but have never yet been able to do so. End of chapter number 38